0: back to the Villa Filler podcast. I'm here, as always, with my good friend Dan Wiseman. Dan, I'm not going to ask you how you're doing because I already mm-hmm. know. Uh,
1: yep. let's,
0: let's, let's just get into the game, Dan. First of all, we were both feeling pretty optimistic before uh, before before this game and after the Sheffield United game, in the last podcast. If you guys listen to that, we really do appreciate it. Um, but a very, very frustrating performance from the Villa, Dan.
1: Yeah, mate. Uh, I think we got it wrong from the off. Um, I thought the fact we didn't make any changes to the lineup was bizarre. Um, I thought we, yeah, I thought right from the off, I thought there definitely should have been some changes. I thought um, I liked Keenan's involvement uh, against Sheffield United, and I thought he was he was right for that game. Uh, I didn't actually think he was necessarily right for this for the game we were playing, but given the way that well, I was about to say the way that we played or the way that we attempted to play. Um, You can see why Dean started him because the game plan was just Sunday league. It it was um, stick as many men behind the ball as you can. As soon as we win it, just smash it. Not even too Keenan, just somewhere in the general vicinity of where he was 15 minutes ago. Um, And then concede possession. And it was just relentless. Uh, The first half was just relentless attacks. Uh, And the fact that we went in at half-time 1-0 up is is beyond me, mate. It really is. And I mean...
0: I I said in the podcast before, I think uh, I I disagreed with you in in the sense that I thought it'd be the right game for Keenan. Uh, Obviously, depending on the personnel. I still think that, um, you know, (laughs) the the Chelsea defence, certainly the back two, definitely not the best defenders that we've come up against. But it doesn't really matter when you're not applying pressure on them, really. Uh, So it's slightly frustrating. I think Keenan really, again, he's been hung out to dry uh, by Mm. a pretty woeful performance from everyone else. Uh, Keenan's a striker who, and we said it all the time, it's infuriating because he doesn't get goals, but he has, you know, he links up the play. He's a strong forward. He offers something very different, and it's something that can only work, you know, when you're relentless and you're pressing and and you're making the most of your possession. So for me, Keenan, anyone who who has potentially criticised Keenan Davis, I've not really seen too much backlash on Twitter, to be fair. Um, but, you know, it, it, uh, he, I think he's been hung out to dry. And uh, Samuel didn't really do much when he came in as well. But, I mean, from the get go, Dan, as you said, it was an unchanged starting 11, which was somewhat surprising. I felt like Esri Concert was possibly a weak link against Sheffield United. And I feel like Esri Concert was definitely a weak link today. And yeah, that's a position sure. that needed change. And, I mean, we've got Al Mohammedi. Al Mohammedi didn't even come on today. And I know I appreciate Al won't necessarily be able to last the full 90 minutes. And that's probably why he's not getting picked. But, I mean, Esri Conte had a woeful game today, Dan.
1: Yeah, how he's played 180 minutes at right-back is beyond me, mate. Um, the, the goal, the, the politic goal, is the is exact reason as to why you don't play centre-backs at right-back. Because I, I watched that go in and Esri's first response is to turn around and give the right-back hell for leather for letting Pulisic come in. And yeah. before there's a sort of beautiful moment of realisation when he went, oh, shit. I'm the right back. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's ludicrous, mate. It's ludicrous. How, when you're chasing a game and the the only possible way that we looked even close to scoring a goal and have looked close to scoring goals this season is through class, crosses. We can't work play. We don't work chances. All of I our goals, so, yeah. or the vast majority of our goals have come from headers um, or, or from balls into the box or through Jack just doing something ludicrous. Um, and so... When you when you take out and the right wings uh, has been a problem for us all season, mate. We know Anwar doesn't play as well when he's off the right. Trezeguet, I won't even get started on. Uh, and to be fair to Elmo, if there's one thing he is good at, it, it is you know he, he's got a good cross on him from, yeah, from time absolutely. to time. I stress from time to time, but he does have them. And um, yeah, how how we haven't seen him get involved. I understand as you said, you make a very good point, mate, about fitness, uh, and that's probably why we're not seeing Elmo. Um, but uh, I mean. When, the one thing that w- which I, I want to kind of raise, mate, is that uh, I'm sort of getting tired with, with what Dean Smith is, is saying and then goes and does at this point. We had Absolutely. the whole, when we came up at the start of the season, I remember him saying on media day that we're going to come up and try and win the league. Those, you know, He's like, we're going to come every every game, we're going to try and win. That Why would you be in a league otherwise if you're not going to play to win every game? Uh, I, I haven't seen that. Um, I, I thought the amount of times... And the fact that we've had this period where we, you know, Dean Smith has been holding all these little sessions with the players and, and all the video calls and everything like that. The one thing that's been a problem all season, mate, is that we can't hold a lead. That's been the one problem. I mean, can you imagine where we'd be if we could? Like the amount yeah. of games we've gone up in and, and then conceded and how we still haven't addressed this issue, how we still haven't figured out how to manage your games and the fact that Dean Smith hasn't learned, that Just sit. you can't sit back and just defend leads in this league. It's ludicrous, mate, and um, I'm just tired of it at this point. Absolutely, it's you know there's
0: saying you've got to you've got to action on what you say, and you know throughout the first time since Dean Smith walked through the door, my dad reminded me, um, you know the the, the very first p- um, post match interview, he said, uh, I believe we played Swansea, uh, and he was impressed with how uh, the team set traps, tried to win possession back. Uh, You know, terms like that, you don't don't see any traps being set by Villa. You don't see, you know, it looks like we're constantly stuck in a trap. Like, we're stuck in our own trap of being (laughs) defensive. Dean Smith is an attacking-minded coach. We got promoted, very luckily, by the way, playing attacking football on the front foot all of the time, dominating possession, playing most of the game in that final third. And, and, And only in that midfield third when you absolutely had to when you needed to reset, right? We have not seen that. At all in the Premier League so far, Dean Smith. I don't know what is up with him, but he's you know to have twenty six percent possession at home is an absolute disgrace, mate. It's an absolute disgrace. And there were times where we we're having eleven percent possession during the game that Sky Sports were bringing up, and it's totally, it's totally inexcusable. It's not how Dean Smith got Aston Villa promoted. So how do you expect us to stay in the league, albeit you know? There's teams where you can't just go gung ho and completely attack. You know, I think our Liverpool game at home earlier in the season proved that you can't just keep going and going because you know eventually teams will get the better of you. And and against certain personnel, that's fine. As I've already touched on, this Chelsea defence, absolutely shocking. They're there for the taking, and I, I don't particularly rate Kepper all that highly either as a goalkeeper. I think he. He definitely could have done better for the goal that we scored. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just not even, it's not even pressing or giving it a go until the 75th minute. It's totally inexcusable, Dan. This isn't how Dean Smith got us promoted. It's not how we should be playing football because, you know, we're, we're, we're short on, on players in certain positions like left-backs and right-backs. So, you, you don't want to instantly put pressure on them by making us play in such a defensive way. And, when you know, there was such an emphasis on the ball Coming into the box, you know, you, the, the full backs are constantly under pressure, the centre backs are under pressure. You've got two left footed centre backs as well. I love, con- uh, I love, um, Courtney and I love Mings, but no, none of the best centre back partnerships in the world have ever been two left footed centre backs. <laughs> Never, no, it just, it,
1: you know, it's not how it works. I, I the one of the things w- which frustrates me most w- with Dean is that, uh, and you, going back right at the start of what you just said, mate, about him being an attacking minded coach. At least when we had Steve Bruce, you knew what you were going to get. It's what it says on the tin, bread and butter football. Um, it's why we outed him in the end. Yeah. With Dean, we don't have an identity. We don't have a way of playing football. There's no clear strategy. There's no clear tactic. There's no game plan. This is what frustrates me, is that like Dean Smith has had all week on the training pitch. He's had his, his prep talks. You know They've had video sessions. They'll have had talks last night. They'll have had his dressing room talk in the morning. Uh, and what is what is he saying? What like Did he honestly yeah. say in those calls, just, but boys, sit behind the ball for as long as you can. Just keep hitting long balls to, to Canaan. And if we get lucky, we get lucky. I can't believe that that's what he's saying. So either there's a breakdown in communication or that the tactics just aren't there. And I'm yet to see... I was I was thinking of things to say on this podcast tonight. And I, I was going to come to you with a question and say, you know, at what point in the Premier League season so far has, has there been a moment for you? Because I can't think of one where I thought, God, Dean and his tactical know-how and his managerial ability have gotten us a point or points in that game. I can't think of one. And then I was, I was actually thinking, I can't even go back into the championship to think of one because I was like, right, let's think of some of the better performances. Derby, that was probably Jack Grealish. The Blues away, that was probably, probably Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish. Um, and... and I can't think of a moment where Dean has proved to me that he's he's good enough for this level. I mean, I think the only the only instance I could possibly think of is is um, Burnley away,
0: but even then, it's Jack Grealish. <laughs> <Isn't> it? <laughs> like it, it just is, and I mean, I'm just I'm lost for words on that performance, Dan. It was it was utterly painful to watch, and it, as you say, like. I can't imagine Dean before the game getting that group of players and going, right, lads, you know, we're, we're sitting behind the ball today. That's what we're doing. Because, like, first of all, who does that in the Premier League anymore? I think you even see Burnley play some nice football from time to time, you know. <laughs> but the, the, the problem is, if you're going to play like that, first of all, own it. Second of all, get up in their faces, make it yeah. uncomfortable for Chelsea. They've not played a competitive game of football for nearly four months. We had yeah. the benefit of playing against Sheffield United. Whether that's a, a hindrance, it may, it may well have been. You know, John McGinn certainly didn't look up to scratch today, in my no. honest opinion. But you've got to get at them. You've got to get in their faces. It's, it's absolute basics. And as you said earlier, Dan, we were, it, it was playing Sunday League. But even at times, we weren't doing the basics in the Sunday League. As I say, just getting stuck in and, and you know, really just getting physical and, and, and taking the game to them.
1: Yeah, no, that's... The, the the annoying thing is, mate, is in neither of the games that we've played so far have I felt that I was at all particularly impressed by the opposition. I didn't think Chelsea were yeah. very good today. I think we definitely could have, have taken you know, and it was it was summed up for me today when when we took Keenan off for Samasa, I think would it really hurt just to try to top for once and to try and yeah. push for a second goal when, when it's clear that we can get one because we didn't deserve it hey, if we can get a goal when we don't deserve it, then if we get on the front foot, who knows what can happen? Like, you know, when you've got two strikers on the pitch, Dean said in in the run-up to this game that he'd be interested in, you know, he said, at some point, we're going to see two up top. This seemed like a perfect, you know, the amount of times we've done this, mate, where we go up and we don't push for that second goal, you know, I can reel the matches off. Um, But here we are again, mate. And we go to um, Newcastle next on Wednesday night, I believe. Um, Steve Bruce is going to be licking his lips mate he's going to be all over that um, you know it, it makes us kind of realise the result that they picked up today against Sheffield United that perhaps we weren't even that good um, when we played Sheffield United on Monday because if they went and got bounced 3-0 by Newcastle what kind of opposition were we really playing against um, absolutely yeah. and Steve, Steve Bruce is, is going to be licking his lips at that one mate because it's a chance to, to get one over us uh, I can't imagine he looks back at you know the way he was treated by the club too finally. Um, and you know, every manager wants to get one over his old club, and especially when you know it's his successor in charge. Um, and that's gonna be a really hard game. I mean, I, I didn't watch much of Newcastle Sheffield United, I've, I've got to be honest, but I saw all the goals. Uh, Sheffield United were pretty poor, but it's a game that Newcastle are, are gonna be very much looking forward to. And um, it was, it's one of the games, actually, if you look at the runner games that we have left, um, that w- we need to pick up points in, to be fair. I didn't look at Chelsea's home at one of those games where I'm like, right, there's points there. Yeah. Um, but Newcastle, the way I did, and, and I have, um, if we go and, and put in a performance, which is anything close to what I've just seen, mate, um, I, I don't know how to hold our uh, chances in pretty high regard, mate. I mean, I
0: watched the, the Sheffield United game earlier and I've got to be honest, they were awful and it didn't. It, it it took me watching that to realise how poor they were actually were against us, and as you say, how poor we must have been not to have got anything from that game, mm-hmm.
1: because Newcastle
0: didn't really have to come out of the first gear. Dean Henderson all of a sudden forgot how to be a goalkeeper, uh, pretty much for all of the goals. I mean, yeah. absolutely shocking, and there was there was a horrific mistake with Miranda Stevens as well. I didn't particularly think Newcastle were great. But I did. I, I did think Sheffield United were very poor, and if we play like we did today, you know, <laughs> Newcastle are going to have us absolutely. There's no two ways about it. They always play. I mean, obviously, there's no fans, but we never seem to really get a result at St James's Park. I think you're probably looking back to 2009, the last time we probably won at St James's Park. Uh, it, it's been so long, and it, it's an absolutely it's an absolute must win game. And I mean. Well, let's run through the stats from this game actually, Dan, because I think it needs talking about a, 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 a bit more. Obviously, we've touched on the 26% possession that Villa managed. Eight shots in comparison to, to Chelsea's 19. And I mean, most of them came within the first sort of 30 minutes of the game, didn't they, Dan? Yeah. And yeah. it was it was so painful to watch, and, and, and Nyland certainly earned his money uh, based from a of this performance.
1: Yeah, he I don't even know. I'm so disappointed by what I saw mate and um the the stats back it up I I think corners like we had two to Chelsea's what is it 10 10 um and you know what what's the point I like, I can't yeah. it's it's so disappointing to to see a team um I, I saw a couple of people a couple of tweets people saying you know these players don't want it I actually don't think that's the case um I think this isn't a side that have just simply accepted their relegation. I think it's a side that have just been mismanaged, that have been put together like we we seem to have a motley crew uh, of players. Nav, Nav, I, yeah. I think our very own Carl uh, Richardson summed it up pretty nicely uh, when we brought. I think it was Horahan and El Ghazi off for Nakamba and Trez. And anyway, we're taking off two championship players from two players that have signed, been signed from completely random leagues. And you're like, well, that, that, that sums it up. We seem to have this yeah. weird blend of, of players from bizarre leagues that have never played together before. I mean, we touched on the last podcast that um, this is the first week of training and we sit here in mid to late June that um, Douglas Louise has been able to understand John McGinn. Uh, and actually, whilst we're on the topic of D- Douglas Louise, I actually just want to say that if I am to pick out one positive, it's that I, I think he's been all right. Um, I think at least for the first um, the game against Sheffield United and then the first half I mean I refuse to give any player credit for what happened in the second half Um, but I've actually been pretty impressed by what I've seen from Douglas so far and um, perhaps being able to understand the players around him has helped that.
0: Uh, (laughs) It's a difficult one isn't it to try and pick out a positive uh, other than I don't and I don't want to say Keenan was necessarily a positive but you know he he, he didn't have much to do, but I think if he had to pick two, it's Keenan and, and Dougie, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, 100%. It's, 100%. it's, it's just,
0: I don't know. It, like, I think as well, to, in, in fairness, though, saying that, Louise could have and should have done a lot better for the second goal. Um, Definitely. But, I mean, we'll get into the Pulisic goal as well. We kind of touched on it briefly. Concer is just not marking his man at all. Uh, and unsurprisingly, Matt Targets allowed his man to put the ball in the box. It's just a really, it's a really frustrating one as well. Especially as well, he was a substitute. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think it just hurts a bit more. He's came on and changed the game. Like he's done his job basically, it, yeah, and, and Esri didn't, and, and the Villa players didn't.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. And I, 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 again, that that is why Ezri's adopted a central position because you know when you know you're under that, he, he's gone into autopilot, and you know you're you know you sort of, I want to say muscle memory but it's not quite you know he's trained to be a centre-back and he picks up a centre-back's position in the box you can't blame him Um I mean you know I, I imagine I don't actually know I don't have faith that this has necessarily been the case but I imagine that you know Esri's been working on playing as a right-back in training or at least I fucking hope so to be honest with you um, <laughs> yeah. and uh you you just saw him sort of drift into that centre back spot. Mings is out of position. They're all shuffled along. One too too many players, and it leaves Pulisic open at the back at uh, the back post. Um, yeah, you can't. You knew it was going to happen though. Like this is what's frustrating. I knew we weren't going to win that game. I knew at one yeah. nil. It, it was coming, and then to concede two minutes after. I think I think it was like a hundred and thirty seconds. It was Jeez. between us us being one nil up and then being two one down um Horahan again not doing enough defensively how I think I paused it when when Giroud puts the ball in the net and we had six or seven players in our box and Giroud takes two touches two a touch turns takes and shoots he takes two touches yeah. with a turn in the middle and no one's within a foot of him and it comes off Horahan and it's deflect I think it was probably going in anyway no, but no. it's unlucky Connor again not doing enough defensively um and I, I, I joked with you before we came on this mate, saying you could probably put out any one of our podcasts from this season. But I don't even think people yeah. would realise to be honest with you. Kind um, of horror, I am misplaced defensively. Us battling a two-one lead. Um, Marvelous Nakamba can't pass a football. No, I mean there was uh, a brilliant opportunity, wasn't there, to to
0: treasure yeah. guy, and the pass yeah. doesn't even make
1: it. It's just like what? What's the like? I don't, I don't get it, mate. It's just so disappointing. Um, I hate to be about talking to you like this, mate. I, I really yeah. want to, you know, especially during the current crisis, um, being able to inject a little bit of positivity in our lives. And I, I really hope, and I think we did a pretty good job with that after Sheffield United. You know, yeah, it wasn't a, We we put a pretty positive spin on this. But I think, of you know, it's, if you don't laugh, you'd cry. To be honest with you, at this point, you got a smile, and um, yeah, we, we've got we've got something to look forward to. Oh, look forward to. We've got something to prepare for on Wednesday, which. <laughs> Um, we've got to really see a, a difference in the side. I think we've got to see a different eleven, um, Not obviously the whole eleven, but I think we need to see changes to the team that start the game, uh, changes in the mentality, changes in the tactics. Uh, and um, I really hope that we see a different Aston Villa walkout on Wednesday night, mate. But given the fact that we just sound like broken records at this point, I don't yeah. hold my hopes in particularly high regard on that one either.
0: No, I think, I think as well, I mean, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter about two up top, and we kind of mentioned it earlier. I think the pr- the problem is if you're gonna if you're gonna go with a back four, the fullbacks, especially Esri, are just not up for the job of of of, of running the lines for the full 90 minutes. They're not good enough attacking, and they're not good enough uh, defensively either. So this 4-4-2 uh, four, four, diamond fantasy that Villa fans have is never going to work. We've got to be honest okay. about that. It's not going to work. I, I think the only way we, we we're going to get some against Newcastle. And if you want to play two strikers, it's 3 5 two. And, uh, you know, get Ezri in a more familiar position. Targets has got less defensive responsibility. But then you've got to make sure you play two, you know, sitters in the midfield, probably Douglas Louise and, and, and camber. But then it's, it, it kind of begs the question, where does Jack Grealish fit into this? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or, or even Super John McGinn. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the one who's getting paid to make the decisions, but I think I'd rather be the one making the decisions at the moment. <laughs> I'd rather it it's, too, mate. Yeah. It's yeah, been, for sure. It's been, it's been really infuriating. And you'd, th- you'd think, given the performances, that it, you'd, you'd want to change it up. Like, I think, we, I think we mentioned on a podcast as well a few weeks ago that, you know, it, Dean's had a lot of time with the players to work on how, you know, the game should be played with the formation. If that's what three months of no games and 4-3-3 three, three is, I don't want to know. You know I don't <laughs> want to see that for the rest of the season, Dan. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> mate,
1: yeah. No, that's the point, mate, is that um, I... You know what? I thought... I came away from Sheffield United and I went, right. If we're looking at that game positively, I thought we've, we've taken this time out. I thought we looked a lot more solid. I yeah. thought the, the midfield looked bolstered. Uh, and Douglas, I think especially, is probably the only... Like, you can look at him and see he's, he's far sharper on the ball. He doesn't dawdle and he's not, he's not getting his pocket picked every couple of minutes like he was before. And I was like, I actually have faith in him to hold the base of that midfield. Yeah. But then you go into today, it's like, what? where did like, everything go? Um, and it was just a completely different... Despite the same team, the tactical approach was completely different. Um why we kept seeing Jack on the right wing was beyond me like yeah. that infu- well, that was infuriating me I, I i didn't i didn't get that at all that's not a position we've seen him in once this season it's not the time to start making changes like that. We need to get our best players in their best positions and although we can't really do that with Jack because we all desperately want to see him back in that sort of eight to ten role back in that free room where we know he's at his best um just for the sake of our lack of quality on the wings, we have to sort of put him out wide. Um, and how, why he we kept seeing him on the right wing was was beyond me. Uh, I, no. I didn't get that one at all. Um, I think uh, I kind of just. It's uh, as you said, mate. I'm just, I'm just a bit deflated. I could I could go on all day about the, the different ways in which this this team disappointed me today. Um, but we have it's to uh, we have to learn from this now and. I know I keep saying that, but there's eight games to go this season. Yeah. And we were 16th at one point this afternoon. Uh, at half time, we were 16th in the league. Uh, and I mean, I know it's hard to believe that there's what four teams worse than us in the Premier League uh, yeah. at that point. Um, but we were. And that's all it takes is those three points. It's not out of the question that we can go and get, get a result from Newcastle. We know that. We know we have the players. We know we have a manager who is, you know or he claims to be more expansive and it's it's that new age against old age football and we know we can come out on top in that game um we already have uh, exactly yeah of course um and i didn't i don't want to kind of reference it but you have to um go away again and i'm going to say it again is, is look at things make the changes we have to to um I think John's been poor, to be honest with you, over the last yeah. couple of games. I, I accept that obviously he hasn't played in such a long time, so I'm not going to criticise him too much. Uh, I actually think he looks a little bit overweight. Uh, if you anything, think? I don't. Yeah. I, I, I think when he came back to training, I, I'd, um, I'd heard that he was packing a little bit of, of weight and I was watching him warm up today and I don't think he's the same slight figure as he was. there's not much in it but I think he's I can't blame him he hasn't played football in seven months it's very hard to stay in shape especially with what the last three months have been yeah. um but I, I'm, I'm very disappointed uh in the there hasn't just been because when he was playing before he got injured he wasn't playing at 100 percent it wasn't the best John McGinn we'd seen but at least every now and again there'd be like a little flash or a little pass or that little bum turn that he does that we love so dearly um but I just haven't seen anything the the engine doesn't seem to be there I haven't noticed the rampant pressing um and I'm not getting those little flashes which which is concerning and um I I don't want to pin all our hopes on Jack Grealish because I I think you know even he hasn't looked the Jack Grealish of old um you know probably for a little while actually um but we need to really collaborate as a team uh, and find out the best way for us to get a result on Wednesday because that game is so so crucial
0: dare I say even start Jota on the wing I mean and get Jack back in the middle I think after today if Hurrahan starts it would blow my mind
1: absolutely (laughs) I mean definitely
0: and even McGinn really there's maybe if he comes on as an impact sub I don't know but yeah until you put it out actually I did think he looked a bit different not I'm obviously who am I to say he's out of shape but um not you know the the slender John McGinn of uh of last season that's for sure but mm-hmm. you know just if you're going to insist on the on the 4 I think it's time to give up the jack on the wing uh I, yep. I, I mean we can't even call it an experiment anymore it was an experiment <laughs> um but you know I think a, a double pivot with you know with with two eights in McGinn and, and and Grealish maybe something that works um you just got. You, you've got to get Jack in a position where he's he's more on the ball, and I think it's absolutely criminal that it's come. You know, it's coming down to eight games, and for, for Villa to survive, and we're not playing our best player in his best position. You know, maybe we don't even know his best position, but certainly in the centre of the park where he can have much more of an influence on the game. Surely it would make much more sense to play him there. It's it's just really infuriating, Dan.
1: Yeah, I mean, mate. Here we are, eight games from the, end of the season, and not only do we not play our best position, best parent is his best position. I don't know our best team. Yeah. Forget that, mate. I don't actually know our best formation. Mm. I, I, I. It's yeah. so. The fact that I'm sat here, eight games from the end of the season, suggesting we have to have a complete tactical rethink to salvage any hope of staying in this league suggests the sheer ineptness of the coaching staff. Um, I, I don't, I don't have. It's not even just that I don't know our best team. I couldn't tell you what our best, who our best goalkeeper is. I couldn't tell you what our best back four looks like, what our best midfield three looks like, or what our best front three looks like. Mm. I haven't got a clue on any of those, to be honest with you. Um, and that is, that's scary. Like, that's scary, 10 or 15 <laughs> games into a season. But here we are. Uh, um, relegation is looming, mate. But it's still somehow very possible that we can stay up in this league. As I said, at half-time, we were 16th. Mate, if if you offered me 16th at the start of the season, I would have been laughing. Um, Absolutely. As long as we're above that red line. And, you know, we're still a point off the teams above us. You know, it's it's goal difference that's, um, you know, I think we're on 26 points and uh, the teams above us on 27. It's only goal difference for a couple of teams after that. It's still very possible. Negative you know,
0: 24 goal difference, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Just the twenty-four. Right. <laughs> and um, you can't but... ship
0: goals like that.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely not. I, I, and um, that's why I think yeah, you're absolutely right in that. Um, give Jota a, a run out because we haven't seen much of him this season, and I think it's only fair that we give um, give him a chance because the players ahead of him don't. I haven't seen anything. We've seen more of Trezeguet and El Ghazi this season. Uh, and I haven't seen enough from those two in a long time to suggest that they deserve to keep starting games and we can't keep putting our faith in players that we just don't believe are going to come through. Um, Hotter when he came on, flashed that one chance wide of Keppers goal, yeah. um, which was a, a glimmer of hope in that second half. And, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I absolutely agree, mate. I, it would have been inconceivable a few months. Um, starting harder given what we'd seen from him but uh, at this point I'm just so desperate to find um, a a system that resembles something that works that I'm definitely willing to give that a look at and I think we have to just give Jack back that full creative roam of the team Um, let the system revolve around him because uh, as it's been for most of the season and whilst it hasn't necessarily looked at it in the last couple of games if there's one man that's going to keep us up this season mate, it's him Um, and we've got a We've got to give him that opportunity to to be the man. And, um, you know, if it is his destiny to keep Aston Villa up and perform yet another miracle with his boyhood team, um, we've got to give him the tools to do that.
0: Absolutely, I think that's a good note to end on, Dan. To be honest, uh, the Merseyside derby kicks off in ten minutes, and I think if we talk about Villa anymore, it just it just ruin my evening that bit more. Well,
1: so. I'm on the match report tonight, so oh, yeah, oh, I've got that, that to so, yeah. the board. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, Dan.
0: <laughs> look up i was one, to, I was trying to be much more optimistic in the preview, but uh, no, I mean, I think that we've said everything that needs to be said about that game. And mm-hmm. again, Newcastle look very good. So there's your preview. I do not even funny. say that very often funny, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I think that's probably a good place to end the podcast Dan um, we appreciate the support on the channel we've been growing a bit nicely it was, there was always. no six booth from Dom today but um, thanks to everyone who tuned into to that and subscribed and listened to the last podcast as well we appreciate you know these podcasts we generally like Uh, especially over the the break, to kind of let them sit for a bit. So, you know, you guys have the chance to listen to them. We appreciate you guys might not get to listen to them straight away. But I believe the last podcast had uh, over 200 views on YouTube and around 30 plays uh, on Anchor and all the associated links. So that's really good to see. So we appreciate the support. Um, Hopefully Villa can, can perform a lot better against Newcastle on Wednesday. You'll be sure to see us... Right after the game, uh, it'll probably be another late upload. Again, given the nature of the kickoff, but we'll be yep. back. Hopefully, a lot more jovial than we are today. Dan,
1: fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. We'll go again. And um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, it's good to see everyone uh, sticking by the video. And, and yeah, I'm very grateful for everyone uh, engaging with the channel. I just want to give a special shout out to um, Jason P on Twitter. Jason, he got in yeah. touch with you and I in the week. Um, he's he's chosen through Randy Lerner to support the Villa, which is the most unfortunate series of events I can guy. imagine. Um, and his positivity and his willingness to interact with the Villa has really made himself through all this. So if there's one reason for you to be happy, Jason, there's your shout out, my boy.
0: Thank you, Jason, for your support. We do appreciate it. <laughs> sure. If you're listening on for YouTube, guys, uh, make sure you like, comment and subscribe. Uh, we appreciate your comments uh, a lot. They really do help out the channel. We like to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, and if you're listening on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever your preferred podcast hosting platform is. Uh, please do subscribe uh, and, and and enjoy uh, the next few days before we have to suffer uh, another 90 minutes of watching Aston Villa play. The is essential to fulfilling this got potential. It's a main man, a hero. He's the main leader of the gang now. Nah. He's the main leader of the gang now. Nah.